and welcome to a special edition of Two Guys in One Lightsaber. I'm your host, Mike Bandoff. And I'm Rob Burgess. And we have a special returning guest, our two-time comeback king, Chuck Bean. Welcome aboard, Chuck. I brought my own lightsaber, so uh, you guys can stick with yours, and my, I don't have to, you know, like, use any hand sanitizer or anything. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, you know, it's always available if you want to, like, learn how to really balance a sword, you know, you're always welcome sure. to it. Sure, uh, <laughs> So... We have brought Chuck on. Um, I've been wanting to do the show for a long time, but since Doctor Strange uh, 2 is coming out in May and Patrick Stewart confirms he's in it, well, we want to kind of talk about the Fox movies and Chuck is one of the biggest X-Men fans I've ever known. Nightcrawler is his favorite, even though he doesn't understand he's kind of creepy. <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope, you're not getting me with that. That's a, that's a nerd radio bit. I'm not falling damn, for it. Damn. Nightcrawler is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah this is a franchise uh it's gonna be very interesting to see how disney now does it because when feige got fox he said give us like it's gonna be like five years it's been five years so uh before we talk about this are there any characters uh when you rewatch this that you're excited to see chuck come into possible the marvel universe um it's hard to to like answer that question and not just talk for a half hour because x-men okay. is largely a team-based you know franchise um whereas avengers is is a bunch of guys who kind of have their own titles and then you put them all together and you get a super team kind of like the justice league um most of the x-men with the exception of a few they, they've had their own solo books or you know titles but like they they work as a team better than they work as individuals so I mean, obviously, I've you know favorites like Nightcrawler or uh, seeing a seeing a good rogue in the in the movies would be kind of cool. Uh, Mystique is always a favorite, but um, just excited to see how how do they make the X Men concept work in an already established Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, agreed, and that's where I think it's definitely going to be interesting with uh, Wanda seeing how she acts in this movie too. See why maybe the mutants come back into the Marvel Universe too for those reasons as well what about you ron is there any characters like while you were watching these were you like oh i can't wait to see how this character is in the marvel universe possibly well obviously wolverine because if they're not going to bring back hugh jackman then it is going to be starting from scratch and i'm really interested to see if it's not hugh jackman who it's going to be and for the love of God, give me a fucking good gambit already. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all I want is a guy throwing playing cards. That's all I want. Oh, boy. Well, as we get into it, uh, just letting you guys all know, we have ranked Ron kind of forgot to. So he's going to be doing Deadpool movies on the fly. But we are ranking <laughs> all 13 of the Fox X-Men movies with Deadpool and New Mutants as well. Uh, we each get one challenge on each other's lists. Uh, we're not going to be ranking these all at the end we're kind of just debating these as we talk about it as we go along and i think it's gonna be fun so use your challenge wisely because that means you really love that movie and ron and me are probably gonna yell at each other and chuck's gonna be like so can you guys just scrap this episode i was never here he's gonna go kurt angle at ecw when he saw sandman he's like i was never here burn the tape i'll sue you uh, so as that is number 13 for all of us Chuck, I'll let you go first as our guest. Oh man, this is uh, this is very stressful knowing that like we're going to argue about some of this stuff because like st especially starting at the bottom, I'm sure this is where <laughs> yeah. the first argument is going to occur. I'm going to say that uh, before we recorded, I mentioned the fact that when you mentioned doing this podcast, it gave me the opportunity to uh, pretty much binge watch my way over a week through most of the franchise. There were movies that I hadn't seen since I've been in the since I'd seen them in the theater, and then there are movies that I'd seen a billion times because I, you know, loved my X Men. Um, and some of them, this one included, actually aren't as bad as I remember, but still is probably my least favorite X Men movie, and that is Dark Phoenix. Thank you, Chuck. Oh damn. <laughs> yeah, damn. I, and and at least now after having watched it very recently, I can kind of. I can watch it and go, where did this go wrong? Because when it first came out, I went to the theater by myself. I didn't even bother to take my wife who loves to go on Marvel movies and stuff. I didn't even bother to take her because I'm like, I know this is going to be bad. I know it. It's just, <laughs> it's going to be. So I'm not going to make you suffer through it. I'm not going to spend the extra money for you to suffer through it. But I need to know because I'm an X-Men fan. I need to know how did we get this wrong? And I think one of the ways I think casting is a big reason why this movie doesn't work. Um, I, and I think plot wise, something like the Phoenix saga 
for X-Men fans is as big as the Infinity Gauntlet stuff. Yep. And the Marvel Cinematic movies basically seeded the Infinity Gauntlet stuff for like a decade. And with the X-Men movies, and you've seen this somewhat with some of the DC movies, like they don't have the patience to do that or they, you know, and I, I want to say they don't have the patience, but like that is an unheard of thing to do in a cinematic way to like go, OK, we know we're going to get a movie 10 years from now and that's going to be the big deal. So we're going to spend the next 10 years building to it like that just doesn't happen. Right. Um, so real quick before. So, Ron, if you want to jump in on this, since this is your 13, this is actually my number 12. My number 13 is X-Men Origins Wolverine. You're high. So I'll definitely talk about Phoenix first with you guys before okay. I talk about why I think Origins is worse than this movie. Okay. Um, Chuck, I want to talk about how you said on casting. This cast, it's just so weird to see how it digressed. Like McAvoy and Fastbender are the only redeeming parts of this whole new yep. trilogy or four movies that they rebooted from the 60s to this point. It makes no sense outside of why they're not aging. It's been 30 years and they still look in their mid-30s. Uh, that was one thing. But I, I just find the whole climax at the end to be way more redeeming than anything in X-Men Origins Wolverine outside of its opening 10 minutes. Um, I like the score to it. And I, I didn't find it terrible. I thought at least the train sequence was some of the best X-Men action sequence I've ever seen. So that's why I think it's better than Origins, but I see why you guys hate it. Ron, I'll let you now kill <laughs> a movie I don't mind that much. Uh, to me, the best two minutes, like, no, not even two minutes. The best 30 seconds of the movie is seeing Dazzler. Like, that was the <laughs> highlight of the movie for me. Oh, that, is, that is really cool. It is like, that, and that's a big part of, I think, uh, it breaks my heart, but my wife doesn't really appreciate the x-men movies in the same way she appreciates the marvel cinematic movies and i think a big part of that is there's a lot of buy-in and there's a lot of kind of you know character spotting that you'll see somebody you'll just see somebody with like pink hair and be like holy shit that's quentin choir um but if you're if you're not a dyed in wool 40 50 years worth of x-men comics fan there's a lot of stuff that goes right by you and doesn't mean anything in the first place. But for X-Men fans, it's like, holy crap, I saw Dazzler and it looked like Dazzler and it was great. Right. And the same with Jubilee in the uh, movie before in Apocalypse. Like, sure. you tease some of the favorite characters and you give us 30 seconds of them. And speaking of this, why did they tease us with finally getting accurate comic costumes at the end of apocalypse to then give us this bland <laughs> right. bullshit sweater vest 1940s <laughs> football jersey that they're yep. wearing good like, point <laughs> and scott summers still keeps getting treated like shit that's like one thing i noticed on all these movies yeah and ty sheridan's not even that bad of an actor he they just give him nothing no. to work with yeah. you know what if i if, if there's plenty of people i could bitch about as far as casting in this movie he is not among them. I enjoy honestly both uh well two out of the three Cyclops casting choices, I would say are pretty good. And you know, when you get to the rest of the cast, like Evan Peters is a highlight throughout that entire uh, you know, quadrilogy, I guess, right of movies as uh as Petro. Uh the or the the girl they have for Storm, she's great. Sophie Turner doesn't really do it for me as Jean Grey, and I can't tell if I don't like her acting or if she was just given really bad script and the girl who played storm her name was alexandra ship um, okay she's very good and she was in um that movie where they make fun of a uh, siri where she takes over the it's it's she's a really good actress she's someone i hope like i have a kind of she's someone i could see coming back in the fox universe especially with the multiverse thing like yeah. she could be storm just not that version of storm and I love Nightcrawler, and I love that kid as Nightcrawler. Like, yeah, he's really good, timing too. Timing is great. Like, I'm all in. Okay, so I'll let you guys have this as the worst one, unless <laughs> I'm not going to use my challenge on this. So as we move on, is there anything else you guys want to say about Doc Phoenix? Oh, I just thought there was a waste of a character for Jessica Chastain, too. Okay. Like, that was, that yes. was a bad, really bad villain and a great actress. <laughs> That's a huge problem with this movie is the fact that they took a race of aliens from the comics that really only have like two panels of, you know, screen time before dark Phoenix eats their planet and tried to make the entire movie center on them. And yeah. I, I remember when this movie came out, it was very close to captain Marvel and it was like, y'all could have just used scrolls. 
Except right. that Marvel <laughs> must have told him you can't use scrolls. <laughs> and I also want to say, you know, as we're starting at the bottom of the list, I've been saying for years there are there are like magazines and fanzines and all that stuff from like the 70s when the Dark Phoenix saga happened, touting that they're going to make a movie, they're going to make a cartoon, they're going to make a TV show of X-Men because it's the biggest goddamn thing in comic books for well over a decade, probably like two decades. Um, and there are people that never lived long enough to see an X-Men movie. So even looking at this one to be like, this is the worst X-Men movie is like saying, this is the worst pizza I've ever eaten. Like you still <laughs> eat a pizza and that's pretty great. Exactly. All right. So we'll get on to uh, number 12. Uh, so I'll just go here since I already said my, mine's going to be or- X-Men Origins. So Chuck, what about you? Yep. That's where I've got or Wolverine Origins. I yeah. Guess. Wolverine yeah. Origins. Yep. That's where I've got it. Ron? I have Last Stand here, but I will not argue because I, I was flipping between 11 and 12 with Last Stand and Origins. Sure. You know what's funny? Because I actually have Last Stand at 11 as well, too. So, like, it's kind of funny that two of our bottom three movies have to deal with the Dark Phoenix saga. So I <laughs> I don't think they're ever... It's going to be a very long time before they go back to that saga, I think, too, I don't as think well. it's. I think it's the kind of thing that you needed, like, you needed more than two hours even three hours to really pull it like the dark phoenix saga happened in the comics over the span of like a year year and a half right so i think i'm hoping they do maybe they do the wandavision thing where you treat it like as a tv series where we see the slow breakdown over like an eight episode series of gene gray slowly losing it yeah maybe that would make it finally happen work because we get that nice slow story build up but we'll talk about that more um but the thing about wolverine origins i hate it so much it just looked cheap it seemed super rushed the casting too on this minus like will i am i thought all of it was pretty good i know you're gonna say taylor Kirsch is not a good gambit he was i think he actually could be really good in the role if given more uh, he seemed committed to it too, so that's something I always look for. Um, but just it seemed like they really just didn't give a shit about comic lore here. They kind of just took things they wanted, and what they did to Deadpool is still to this day their best Deadpool joke ever with Ryan Reynolds going back and killing him. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's a <laughs> great bit in Deadpool too. I love um, Lee Shriver yes. as Victor Creed in this movie. He is tone perfect, way better than the one that we got in the original X-Men movie. And I've oh. met Tyler Maine, and Tyler Maine is the sweetheart of a human being. But, like, <laughs> it is not his fault that Sabretooth sucks. <laughs> no. They gave him nothing to work with. Exactly. He looked comic book accurate, yep. but that was about it. <laughs> yeah. And I love the guy who plays uh, the Blob, too, Fred Dukes. Yeah. <laughs> Great character actor. Whenever he shows up in anything he is, whether it's, like, an FX TV show as bad guy number two, he always just stands out. I've always liked yeah. him in like good cheap horror movies too. He's very good in this. He had fun with it. That, that's what I'm saying. At least I made fun of Will I Am, but he has fun with the role too. But I always just thought like, why didn't you just cast um, Hazel? Right? That's that's Hazel. Hazel. Yeah. Oh, is it? How cool yeah. would that have been if he was part of that team first well, was, before? Yeah, this movie you know predates that movie by so much. That- mm. Oh yeah. Well, I was just saying, like, in general, though, it's like, why just create a new character when you could have just made that character? You know what I'm saying? Because they wanted oh, to yeah. make all the origin movies after this. So you, I think they wanted to do Magneto. And this right. is right when they were doing the CGI stuff. So that move, this movie killed that from happening, too, which was kind I, of funny. I will say that this movie is not as bad as you think, as you remember it being. It's and, oh, yes, it is. <laughs> William <laughs> Stryker was really good, too. Really, the joy of this movie is in some of the bonkers stuff that happens. And like (laughs) by the time Wolverine rides a motorcycle into a helicopter, like if you're if you're not on board with how stupid this movie is going to be at that point, then you might as well turn it off because it's just going to like it's just going to get sillier and sillier from there. And and it's kind of fun for that. Hey, Bruce Willis did the same thing and no one bad in an eye. Come on. <laughs> uh, hey, that was a, that's so. John McClain. Yes, okay, John sorry. McClain is John fucking McClain. All right. But John McClain is definitely a mutant. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. John McClain is a mutant. He has the power to make things explode around him. Yeah. But yeah, just I love the fact that uh, Hugh Jackman was the one that got Lee Schreiber the role. Like they're like, oh, we need someone that can really deliver like a menacing line. And he's like, I've worked with Lee Schreiber before. Go get him. 
right that's now. That's cool. <laughs> that's cool. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. And before we talk about it too, it's kind of funny because one of the first times I sat down to do a show with Chuck was on Logan. And I remember, and I wanted to tell you because you didn't see it, I was so disappointed when Leif Schreiber didn't come back in Logan. I thought that yeah. would have been perfect as like old man Sabretooth. Not necessarily yeah. as a bad guy, but like as a cameo or something. I can, I can see it, but also like, once again, as somebody who's really into the lore and the comics and everything like that, like when Sabretooth's in a thing, he is, there's only one other character that's really the antithesis of Logan, uh, and that's Omega Red. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but like when Sabretooth shows up, it's because it's like having the Joker show up in something Batman. You're like, oh, shit's about to get real because the joker's here like if it's if it's kite man then you're like all right we're just having a good time <laughs> okay i get what you're saying um was there anything else you guys want to talk about is there any favorite other scenes that you guys really liked any cameos of characters in this or uh, i like the guy who uh i forget his name but the guy from lost who played the telepath oh, oh shit. Uh, yeah he's uh from lord of the Rings, dominic uh monaghan yeah, yeah. I, I liked his role, too. I think, like like you guys said, the only one I didn't really like, I don't know, Zero was eh. Yeah. And then uh, so was Will I Am. But I, I thought everyone else, it was really, really cool to see the blob, even though the blob was way before his time in yeah. X-Men, like, lore. But uh, hey, it, you it know was what? Cool. The first scene with Ryan Reynolds is very fun. Oh, yeah. Very Deadpool. It's yes. just the way the movie turns on him. Yeah is very tone deaf in that like look i am not a i'm not a deadpool uh defender by any means it hurts me where the deadpool movies fall in my ranking in this list (laughs) but but they did get wade wilson right for at least one scene before they got him way wrong (laughs) comes everyone coming out of the elevator okay people are dead (laughs) and it's funny to see to look back and watch that scene and then watch the deadpool movies and like it's the same character. It's just yeah. the actor is like 10 years removed. Okay, so we'll move on here to number 11. Chuck, you can go. My number 11 is uh, X-Men Apocalypse. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Yeah, I, uh, this, this was the beginning of the real uh, downswing on the first class movies for me. Um, I, once again, very excited. They're introducing Nightcrawler. Very cool to see Jubilee. The, um, the, the Quicksilver scene is... Uh, Something Amy was actually just telling me last week that she can't hear the Arrhythmics verse in Sweet Dreams without picturing <laughs> Quicksilver saving everybody as the X-Mansion explodes. Uh, but boy, oh boy, did they do Apocalypse dirty. Yeah, Ivan News. <laughs> when I was younger, I used to say that I hated it when Apocalypse and Mr. Sinister showed up in the comics because nothing was going to make a bit of fucking sense until they <laughs> left. They left the scene. Um, and now that I'm older, like I reread those comics and like I get it and the concepts are there and it's really good. But it's it's once again, it's uh, can can you imagine them introducing like Thanos and and it him being this terrible? <laughs> right. And it sucks because it's Oscar Isaac and I love Oscar Isaac and he's going to be fucking great. Moon Knight, he's going to kill it. But boy, well, oh they're not going to hide him behind a bunch of purple makeup and prosthetics. They're at least going to let him <laughs> leave the suit. That's, boy, that was oh such boy, a waste. This terrible. Oh, and I forgot to say Olivia Munn. Olivia Munn Psylocke in there is, is a funny Easter egg as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, before I talk about it, Ron, where do you have this on your list? I had Apocalypse at number uh eight. It's at my okay. it's my number nine, so I'm willing to talk about it if you are, Ron. <laughs> yeah, I, okay. let's do it. Cause I mean, so obviously the villain is by far the biggest flaw in this movie. Like right, yeah. you're it's what Chuck said. It's like you're ruining Thanos. And and then at the end of the movie, they teased Sinister, which I just found out yesterday that John Hamm was actually cast as Mr. Sinister. I saw for upcoming about things. that. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, okay. I could have saw John. I could see John Hamm as um, Mr. Sinister. Essex. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would have been pretty, pretty fun. And look, Mr. Sinister is another character like he's bonkers. Like you're either in or you're not because his backstory is bonkers. It's a bunch of retcons because Chris Claremont was going to make him one thing. And then other writers came in after he left and they turned him into something else. And sometimes that works and sometimes that doesn't. Um, but I mean, it's, uh, it's literally the same thing with Apocalypse. Apocalypse originally in the comics in X Factor was going to be the owl from Daredevil. Like he was a sh- 
It was a shadowy figure in the first couple issues of X Factor and was supposed to be the owl. And then Louise Simonson came in and started writing it and decided to make it this apocalypse character. Well, in uh, one iteration, doesn't Mr. Sinister get his powers from Apocalypse by helping him? Uh, yeah, I think in the Age of Apocalypse stuff, I think they're they're intimately connected like that. But mostly it's just Sinister just goes with whoever will let him continue to do evil science experiments on genetics. Right. <laughs> All right, but uh, back to Apocalypse. No, like it's uh, other than the uh, other than Oscar Isaac getting done dirty, like I thought Michael Fassbender was absolutely perfect in this movie. I liked how we got to see Magneto at full power finally. Sure. Um, that was like that was really cool. I liked the oh, I liked Angel getting his metal wings. That was really cool. Yeah, it's good. It's it it's a good visual. It's cool to see. Yeah. Like uh, I I liked I liked the horseman. I liked Storm getting the upgrade and everything else, but yeah, it was uh the villain was just so bad. And I like I don't know, I kind I thought it was kind of an okay send-off for Havoc because since they were done using him. Sure. But uh, just the introducing of all the kids and all the characters to come. Uh I it was all right. Well, with this it seems like uh Jennifer Lawrence too, like she really didn't bring her game to as Mystique in this one too as well <clears throat> i feel like her character just like is all over the place they didn't really know what they wanted to do with mystique in this franchise yeah. and this is where i could see jennifer lawrence really just didn't care as much especially with not being in the makeup because she didn't want to it's funny uh, with the first x-men movies like they cast hugh jackman and they knew i think from the get-go that wolverine is going to be the central point of this like wolverine's a huge deal in comics so he's going to be the central point of these movies i don't know that they expected to have to have mystique in every movie but then jennifer lawrence blew up blew in up. hollywood and they're like oh well we'd be stupid to not bring her back but every time they brought her back she's like yeah i'm a bigger deal this time so less blue makeup <laughs> oh hang on you see this little gold it's like steven spielberg in the beginning of uh austin powers when he's got the spiel he's got the oscar oh you see my little friend here he says otherwise no blue makeup <laughs> puts the oscar on the desk <laughs> just saying um but the thing is though she's and i can't wait to talk about it it just seemed like they the writing was all over the place uh mcavoy i think really brings it well i love the the confrontation with apocalypse when he finally like gets that upper hand on, on him and he's like this is my sure. house sure it was cool yeah it's funny how good james mcavoy still looks bald right <laughs> like i don't think they planned on that when they did first class like yeah we're gonna do professor xavier but it's a young professor xavier so we're gonna give you cool 60s hair um and i don't think they thought that like yeah in about five years or so we're gonna have to shave your head so I don't know that they knew he was because some people just don't look good bald. They just got a weird shaped head. But and he does not. <laughs> he nails that. To the best of my knowledge, they didn't have to CG his head at all. So and also he's probably the best. Like imagine Professor X in that wheelchair. He's got a six pack because he's doing split on the side. So he's just ripped underneath the suit. Yeah, <laughs> well, still work out. I think I feel like, you know, you, a lot of people that, you know, have to use a wheelchair if they have to, you know, manually roll it or something oh, yeah. like that. Their arms are shredded. Like, I feel oh, like yeah. Professor Xavier would would break your hand if he showed up. <laughs> that would be a cool scene. Um, <laughs> no, but I do kind of like um, the Quicksilver scene steals the show. This is the funny thing is Brian Singer granted all of his stuff on the side. He directed this one. He came back and revitalized it with X-Men Days of Future Past. It seemed like he didn't know what to do because Days of Future Past, you could have ended the x-men franchise right then and there sure and started new yeah so it seemed like and who knows behind the scenes stuff too what kind of movie they wanted to do afterwards but it just seemed like this movie's vision just was going all over the place and then teasing of course the phoenix at the end which obviously makes no sense when you get to the next movie it right i i've always liked when in the x-men mythos like it's not the way it happened in the original comics but i like the idea that apocalypse is such a huge villain that it takes something like phoenix to you know beat him mm -hmm. like i dig that story beat but yeah once and then once you get to the dark phoenix movie like they're just like yeah it, it doesn't matter to, to, you know it didn't mean anything that she you know had a, a phoenix flare while she was fighting apocalypse <laughs> yeah um but yeah that's all i have to say about the movie it's it's like i said it's my number nine it's one that i'll throw on in the background when i just want to bullshit watch do other things work on 
X-Men podcast I'm working on. I'll throw it in the background. Uh, and then the cool Wolverine cameo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What cameo? The Wolverine cameo. Oh, oh yeah. That one is in this one too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's a, that's an interesting and, and really fun divergence. Cause it doesn't feel like it like goes with the story that's happening at the moment. <laughs> like we're just going to take 15 minutes and figure out a way to get Hugh Jackman in here. And then he sees Jean Grey and says, I'll see you in 10 years. He's kind of creepy. <laughs> right. Nope. See you in 10. You look like Jamie Fankey. You look more age appropriate then. All right. Um, so my 11, Ron, um, mine was X-Men Last Stand. What was yours? Yeah. Uh, so I had Last Stand at 12 and X-Men Origins at 11. Okay. But I, I'm not. I'm not arguing the... It's one ranking below or above. Like that's okay. Uh, I I definitely enjoyed Apocalypse more than Chuck, just because of everything else other than the villain. But sure. I could see why the villain puts it down damn near the at the bottom. <laughs> gotcha. All right, so we're on eleven now. So I'll, since Chuck just did his eleven, your eleven is what again, Ron? Say it again. Uh, X Men Origins. Okay, so we already talked about that. Yeah, I have eleven at X Men Last Stand. Anyone want to challenge me at that? For myself, no, mine's no. A, I, I've got it next at a ten. So okay, okay, like, so yeah, it's we're we're literally it's apples and oranges. <laughs> okay, yeah, so that'll be funny. Um, so I actually put this above New Mutants, even though I've seen only New Mutants twice. Um, and the reason why is it just seems so rushed compared to the first two. Again, I understood this this movie killed it at the box office too. I remember when it came out in two thousand six; it was oh, the yeah. most hyped movie yeah. of the summer. It's got so many cool action set pieces, but it's just, again, all over the place trying to do the Phoenix Saga. Yep. And I think Brian Singer not coming back because um, he went to go do Superman. So they brought in Brett Ratner, who was known for Rush Hour. So that kind of humor is all over the place, especially with, I'm the juggernaut, bitch. The most iconic line of all it. the X-Men movies. I love, <laughs> it. I love it so much. It's so bad, but so good. Yeah, that character me... was so over the top, but it was it's so cheesy in a great way. <laughs> yes, Vinny Jones as a juggernaut is such an inspired acting choice. I can't argue with it. It's fucking <laughs> and, great. And this has actually got um, my favorite Magneto thing of all time is the Golden Gate Bridge sequence to Alcatraz. Yeah. So I was that, I just watched this last night. He had an army of maybe like 50 to 75 people. Why did he yeah. have to take all of that bridge? Because he's Magneto. He took like a mile and a half a bridge when really he only needed to take like, I don't know, half a mile. Yeah, probably. This but, you know, he's got to make it. Exactly. He's got BDE, man. He's got to let everyone know he's got big dick energy. Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> the thing with this movie, though, is just that. I guess the whole thing just kind of fell apart once they killed Patrick Stewart and James Madison, or yeah, it's how you say it. it's Madison, right? James yeah. Mar Marsden. 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 Marsden, because I guess supposedly uh, Fox was pissed that he went to go do Superman Returns with Brian Singer, so they made sure his character got cut off right in the beginning because they only had a few weeks to film with him. Right. So they just decided to kill him off, so there was no chance of ever bringing him back. They could have done a million other things. and like, nope. He's like, fine. That's what you want to do. Because he got treated so dirty in the oh, yeah. first No, I mean, I, I get that. Once again, we're rushing through Dark Phoenix. So we have to figure out what's a very quick and dirty way that we can show that, like, Gene is out of control. I know. We'll have her kill the man she loves, like, at the first thing she does when she gets out of that lake. Right. And then we're going to force rush this. Honestly, Gene and Logan made out once for 10 seconds in a tent, and the other time right. it was Mystique. So yeah. you're going to tell me, I get he like loves her, but it's not like she loves him. And well, she yeah, just, and, like what kind of subtext is that, that like she's got to turn evil to uh, to make out with Logan? Exactly. Uh, Ron, you've been a little quiet, so you got any thoughts on this? Yeah, it was. I mean, obviously, Phoenix was done terribly. Cyclops got done terribly. Kelsey Grammer was amazing as oh, Beast. Yeah. yeah, no, that's that's truly inspired. As much as like the kid who does the first class movies isn't bad as Hank McCoy, but mm -hmm. Kelsey Grammer is exactly who I want as yes the Beast. <laughs> Um, I, I loved seeing uh, we got what full Iceman at the end fighting Pyro. That was yeah, just really yeah. good. Like, I loved Pyro throughout these movies Elliot as well. Page is Shadowcat is perfect. <laughs> yeah. You know, when he was she just perfect. Well, like uh, 
what was the other standout? Um, the one thing that was Rogue. I thought Rogue got treated dirty. Like I know, well, yeah, like yeah, she's barely in the movie, and like that's the thing people always bring up is the scene with uh, where they announce the cure, and Rogue's like, "Is there is that true? They can cure us?" And like yeah. <laughs> the girl who makes clouds is like, "We're not a disease. We don't need to be cured." While the girl who can't touch anything is like, eh, "Maybe, maybe, <laughs> might be nice." And that's yeah, the other yeah. thing too is that the uh, while I was watching this, I was trying to remember like timeline wise what comics it hit because not only are they trying to like stick dark phoenix in here because we teased it in the last movie but they're trying to do the storyline that joss whedon had done where there's a cure for mutants you know for the for the mutant gene in there as well and like i think if you completely took the dark phoenix stuff out of this movie it's still it would be good yeah yeah it's still it like if you just good. focused on that cure storyline like I, I think it would still work out, but the fact that you're trying to, it's a little bit like trying to bolt Venom on the Spider-Man 3. Yeah. Like, as a Sandman movie, <laughs> this is really good, you know, and if it was just a Venom movie, then this would probably be really fun, but the fact that you're trying to bolt one onto the other is really ruining this whole experience. Yeah. You know what was one thing, too, I wanted to bring up about this? Like, uh, I didn't do full rewatches, I just went for, like, certain scenes I wanted to rewatch. How dare you, sir? Oh, I'm sorry. It's your podcast. How no, dare No, I mean, you? I'm... Okay, Jesus Christ. Okay, I can't go loud. <laughs> so, the one thing I've always thought is curious, and I always go YouTube, like, every couple of years, is the de-aging of Patrick Stewart and um, Sir Ian yeah. McCallan. Yeah, it is really For cool 2006, because... it's insane still. Yeah, right? the, the special effects in this movie, you think of when this movie came out, and and I was going to say this when we talked about some, you know, the original X-Men movie, the fact that these movies kind of paved the way between X-Men and Spider-Man. Yep. Like this paved the way for us to eventually have what we have now when it comes to Marvel, much less superhero movies in general. Well, I do believe Feige was behind most of these two before he took over Marvel, right? With Disney, what? I don't he think so. The first X-Men movie. I know that. Oh, did he really? Yeah, I know he's a part of the first X-Men movie and all that stuff. Um, not like in a, I think that's like how he started out was behind the scenes with the first X-Men movie. I've always heard people talk about that. That's why it's so important to him is X-Men. Interesting. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's very interesting. Um, one last thing before I wrap it up on this. Uh, we'll say though, that final scene, even though I kind of say I shouldn't like Logan, he also has some of the coolest scenes with Wolverine in this one. They kind of try to amp it up from X2. Um, but when he has to kill Gene, I love seeing how Hugh Jackman played that role. Well, not only that, the special effects there were amazing. Seeing the adamantium underneath all of his skin that's coming off. Sure. It's very Terminator. It was cool. Yeah. Uh, anyone else want to say anything before we move on from Last Stand? No, 2006. I think I, like I said, this this one falls a little bit higher, only one spot higher in my list. But um once again, like I said about X-Men Origins, it's kind of a movie that if you're in for the suspension of, dis of disbelief and uh, how, how goofy this movie can get, uh, it's a lot of fun. I agree. Yeah, that's a good take. OK, so as we move on to number 10, uh, Chuck, what's your number 10? Uh, my number 10 was the last day. OK, cool. So we Ron, what's your 10? Uh, I have the Wolverine. Oh, damn. OK, that's my number eight. My number 10 is The New Mutants. I'm going to fight you. On The New Mutants? I'm going to punch you in the face. And here's what? Chuck's challenge. <laughs> okay, so that's Chuck's challenge? That's my challenge. I'm gonna okay, so let's talk about you. The Wolverine. That's my number eight. Chuck, where do you have The Wolverine at? I put The Wolverine at number five. That movie is wow. great. What? Ooh. That movie oh is my great. God. That is okay. a great Logan in Japan movie. Okay, I'm gonna yeah, we're gonna talk about the Wolverine <laughs> then. Uh, where do you have Wolverine at, Ron? Uh, that's my number ten. Five and ten. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so I have. <laughs> <laughs> and this Next is where it gets we'll... interesting because <laughs> Chuck is a huge New Mutants fan and a Wolverine fan, and oh, Wolverine that's the thing. sucks. <laughs> Not a giant fan of the character of Wolverine, but boy, oh boy, this movie is fun as hell. It's got some, right. it's, literally, it's literally got some fantastic like when he finds the bear and then he tracks the hunters to the bar at the oh. beginning of it. Like that's some great Wolverine shit right there. Seeing this in theaters was the best thing. I even though I have it at eight, this made me so excited for what the possibilities of what Logan could be, especially 
how cool it was at PG-13. I suppose there's a rated R version of it. I've never seen it. Interesting. I think it's just one of those like, you know, bullshit internet rumors, but it is really you don't need it to be. It is really fun too to watch through any of the Hugh Jackman Wolverine movies. And like if you go back to like The Last Stand, he's waving those claws around and cutting people's arms off. And like they have to really stretch to find ways to not show you just pools of blood for this stuff. (laughs) And then by the time you get to Logan, they're like, no, no, no. If a dude was waving around six claws, people are bleeding everywhere. Uh, so, Brian, why do you have it so low on your, well, not low, but like you made it top 10. So why is it number 10? Why do you hate the Wolverine, oh, Ron? Because other than the Wolverine, every character is completely lackluster and uninteresting. Jesus. <laughs> like, why are you so I, mean to Yukio? She's great. Even if she's not comic book Yukio, she's great. Yeah. Um, she's almost more Jubilee than Yukio. Uh, so the only good thing about this movie to me was like, oh, it was like obviously a Wolverine trying to find himself type of piece. And then you ruin a halfway decent movie for like the first part with the worst fucking CGI silver samurai fight ever. Like <laughs> I fucking hated it so much. I'm like, you do. OK, you ruin silver samurai. The suit looks like ass and Logan no longer apparently has adamantium somehow, and he's literally just trying to fist fight a robot. What the fuck is going on here? <laughs> like, it makes no sense. <laughs> okay, so. And then he ends up with his adamantium back at the well, end of the film. Hang on. How the fuck did that happen? Hang on. Hang on. Okay. So I agree with this. I think this was like going back in the day of me and Chuck early friendship. I brought the same thing up to it. This movie is perfect <laughs> up until Silver Samurai being 10 foot. If it would have just, yeah. <laughs> just been like, let's say like 6'10 suit, right? That right. would have been fine. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just like a bulkier human and them doing a samurai fight. But right. I think the logic was Anton Mantium heated up can cut through other, like it's the same thing as Vespin, or not Vespin, um, Mandalorian armor. That's why it's defensive, Vescar, not offensive. Yeah. yeah, It can penetrate. So I think that's the logic they're kind of placing especially with the bullet too, the antimantium bullet, which comes back in Logan. Yeah. So see, I don't know. Here's the thing that's fascinating when it comes to this movie is while, you know, like a lot of comic fans will say, like I was saying about Yukio, that they got Yukio wrong. Um, I wouldn't say they got it wrong in, as much as they like, they tried to mold these Easter eggs for comic book fans into the story that they wanted to tell. And it's funny that we look at the giant robot that he fights at the end as the silver samurai because it's a giant samurai robot. But really, um, there was a uh, in the early Wolverine books, I think it was like issue 49, 50. There was a giant robot called Shiva that was hunting down all the Weapon X people and like Sabretooth and Wolverine and a couple other people. This is pre Deadpool, so he wasn't even in the books yet. But they all had to team up to beat him. And the big Silver Samurai robot feels a lot more like Shiva than Silver Samurai. Plus, you've got the guy he has a samurai fight with who is actually the Silver Samurai in the comics. Oh, is he really? Yes. And the guy that is in the giant robot samurai armor that he comes to, to um, you know, comes to say goodbye to reminds mm-hmm. me more of the, the Wolverine character Ogun, who is from the original Wolverine miniseries before he had his ongoing series uh and and is like a guy who wants to live forever and knows that logan lives forever so is trying to find mystical ways to like you know also live forever okay well with everything you just said then give me a weapon x movie where you have omega red lady death strike saber silver samurai like the entire weapon x like sure projects Give me that movie. <laughs> like yeah, what like, you just described is amazing because yeah. the uh, guy that Logan fought with like actual samurai sword, uh, he, he plays Scorpion. Was it Hiroki uh, something? I forget his name, but he's an amazing actor. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they didn't really give him any role of prominence in the film either. He did have that pretty good one on one fight, though, as Chuck said, though, like that was cool to see the fear in his eyes as he notices what Logan is yeah sure there's the cool stuff on the bullet train that's a fun sequence. yeah that was a good scene well, i think they got mariko really right which is fascinating because in the comics it's her romance with logan is so quick that it doesn't land quite as well as like by the end of this movie i believe that yeah she she could have maybe fallen for this you know a smelly american gaijin 
well, I kind of like though how even though we just talked about it, like I love how this ties in Last Stand and a little bit I think of X Men Origins Wolverine. Well, to a certain yeah. Degree. If you remember the the sequence at the end of this is what leads into Days of Future Past. Yes, yes, which was awesome to see in theaters when all of a sudden I'm like, oh wait, what? Right. X Men was kind of like in a weird place here where we just got first class, so coming off yep. of this and getting a Logan movie, it's yeah. kind of like, wait, what? Also, I want to talk about the claws and the depowering of Logan was really well done in this movie. It made it yeah. way more impactful. Yeah. It is a fun character beat that they uh, they years before they decided in the comics to do the death of Wolverine, which was basically like, well, what if something happened and Logan couldn't heal anymore? Like that was a major part of this movie. And that's a fun that's a fun plot. Who is the villain that planted like the leech that Viper. was taking Viper? That's it. Yeah, yeah, was that okay. comic accurate? Because I know not she's like a... Not yeah, at the least. <laughs> yeah, no. she was terrible too, which is another reason why I hate this movie. <laughs> I've never that's a, seen... That's a Russian actress. I yeah, I've never so seen So I guess her. That, that explains why her English is not, not so good. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, the fact that James Mangold, now Academy Award winning, at, you know, director James Mangold, decided to make a Wolverine movie but he didn't get to do it completely his way. And we get to see eventually what he gets to do when he gets to write the screenplay and be more hands-on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's amazing to think about. He's probably the best director out of all these directors that we're going to be going through. Like he's way better than Singer, way better than Ratner, not just because of off-camera stuff, like even movie-wise. If you just looked at movies, he's better. Even if Brian Singer wasn't a huge creep, I think I yeah. wouldn't want to see another X-Men movie with Brian Singer. No, because you, you, he does the same thing. It's just, I can't, oh, it's okay, I can't, oh. <laughs> we'll get mind. into I it. Can't We've still spoil. got two other Brian yeah. Singer X-Men movies to talk about. I Well, three. He did four. Right, right. So, okay. Well, yeah, um, and, and Brian Singer flat out said, the comics mean nothing to me. Well, then yeah, fuck exactly. off. Why are you doing this? Yeah, that, that <laughs> that's not cool. Yeah, it's not cool. All right, so anyone... So, Chuck, we'll leave this at your number five. Damn, that's interesting. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, um, no, I, I, I rate this movie way higher. Okay. I don't know oh, how, but... <laughs> so, yeah, there is one. It's called... There is supposedly called the unrated extended cut of the film referred to the Unleashed Extended Edition. was Blu-ray. Um, extended scenes and all that. I've never seen it on shelves anywhere. I want to Amazon it and find it now. Because <laughs> I think that'd be cool. Even... I don't care if blood's blood, but I just want to see it. So, okay, we'll move on to number nine, which was, for me, Apocalypse. Chuck, what was number nine for you? Uh, my number nine was Days of Future Past. <gasps> oh, fighting you. Fighting you. How dare you? <laughs> oh, my, that's my challenge, Ron. Ron, don't worry. I got this one. I got this one. How dare you? I got this one. I got this one. The hell is wrong you? Okay. All right. <laughs> okay, so there's one challenge left on the board. It's going to be interesting what Ron challenges. So okay, your, so let's move on. Nines? Yeah, what's your mine is uh, was Apocalypse. Okay, uh, my, mine is New Mutants. You <laughs> well, we gotta wait till Chuck. Okay, so we're gonna go to number eight. Number eight. <laughs> from... <laughs> yeah, we gotta wait for Chuck. That's Chuck's challenge <laughs> spot. Yeah. Number eight for me was uh, X Men Two, X Men United damn that is my number three that's yeah. my number five for a lot of people i know that out of that original trilogy for a lot of people that's the best one um, okay i'm just i don't know I, 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 like once again not a huge wolverine fan you know there's a bunch of x-men characters i like a lot more i love that uh i got nightcrawler and and the nightcrawler sequence is really fun yeah i thought that was a good nightcrawler it's not bad but it's the kind of thing where like the nightcrawler that i love from the comics isn't as angsty he isn't as True. you know caught up in i'm a monster and and i'm all uh, hey, i'm catholic and all this stuff like he's much more at least he on this on the surface he seems much more at peace with who he is and is a lot more of the heart and soul and kind of like the fun guy on the team and yeah. uh you never see that in the movies uh with no. either guy that plays nightcrawler which makes me a little sad like well, none of them are as confident as the one that I got to, you know, read in the comics for years. Uh, yeah, give me Nightcrawler with his cutlass and then a Bamf thing popping <laughs> up. And yeah, that's Nightcrawler. <laughs> um, so real quick, Ron, what was your number eight? 
Uh, my number eight was Apocalypse. Okay, okay, so we'll talk about uh, X2 then real quick then, with it being at Chuck's eight spot. Uh, this movie, the reason is that my number three, it's nostalgia. This was the first X-Men movie I saw in theaters. And I think, especially, this is like it, almost like almost a year after my dad passed away. So seeing this movie and being like the first big, like fun movie I got to see in the theaters in like a year, it really hit me home because I had no idea what X-Men was. I've only saw the ending to the first one at this point. So I was like nine. Wait, yeah, 2003, I was nine. And that Nightcrawler scene, Chuck, to this day is, I think, one of the most badass uses of power being like, yeah, a mutant could destroy everything like it was oh, yeah. the precursor to seeing ant-man in uh ant-man in 2014 or 15 when they did that scene i'm like oh yeah ant-man could destroy everything if he wanted to so could <laughs> nightcrawler um and just wolverine in the defending of the school is just some of the most badass like you came into the wrong house yeah sure <laughs> oh my god that and yeah, jackman that is- He's just so a, swagger here too with everything about scene. him. I do like the guy that got to play William Stryker in this movies. Oh, yeah, he does. He does. He, I can hear his voice. He does commercials for, I think McDonald's now. Well, um, he's in that show. Great. Um, that's killing it on HBO right now. Um, Succession. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Hang on. Let me pull up his name real quick. He was also the bad guy in, uh, it's kind of like every time movies. I, Every time I hear an Arby's commercial now, I didn't know originally that that's Ving Rhames, but now I totally hear it, and it's hilarious to hear Ving Rhames having all this fun. I'm like, that's Marcellus Wallace. Okay, yeah, I, I will never forget that. I did not know that was Ving Rhames doing the yeah, Arby's next voice. Time you hear, oh, my God. Yeah, whenever you hear an Arby's commercial, remember, that's oh. Marcellus Wallace. Wow. <laughs> From Pulp Fiction. <laughs> so oh his God. name is uh, Brian Cox. Yeah, he's a right, Royal dude. National Theater guy, so of course a Scottish actor. So yeah, of course he's good. He's anyone from the UK does American movies, they're gonna be better than us. <laughs> uh, same thing with Alan Cumming. Alan Cumming as Nightcrawler too. That's such a weird casting, but it works because he yeah he just didn't come back because he didn't want to do the makeup again. Oh, I don't three. blame him. Yeah, I don't blame. I can't him. believe they got Rebecca <laughs> Romaine Stamos to do three of these damn movies, especially considering how little. She Thank God they did. Like. Thank God you they did, at, Chuck, though. You look at some of the behind-the-scenes stuff where, like, she's got to have a giant fur coat over her until the minute they say action yep. because she's so cold. <laughs> um, I will say, though, too, uh, well, uh, one thing I remember in theaters to this day, I wanted, for some reason, uh, it, uh, what is the girl with the claws? The, That's Lady Deathstrike. Like, yeah. I wanted Lady Deathstroke and Wolverine to end up together at the end of this movie. I remember being that. I'm like, stop fighting. <laughs> and then when he killed her, I'm like, oh, that sucks, buddy, because you guys were literally the same. True, Mike. Oh, How old you? you said you were eight? Nine. Jeez. You're nine years old. I picture just nine-year, nine-year-old Mike in the theater going, now kiss. Now kiss. <laughs> oh, wait. Now she sings through bottom of water. <laughs> just hearing that thud at the end, too. Just hearing thud. Yeah, that, what a way to die. Holy <laughs> yeah. shit, that was brutal. Dude, even like when she's like yeah, got some, him. That's some horror movie shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's like stuck to the cage and she's just ripping at his skin, just repeatedly poking him, knowing it's not doing anything, but just, you know, not going to kill him, but just cause him immense pain. I was like, oh my God. That's right. Um, It did suck though. Cyclops did get treated. This is when Cyclops got cuckold and the Fox franchise forever. <laughs> just because he had a good fight scene. Like you saw him finally be a martial arts expert, which is something I know about Cyclops. He's a badass. And I yeah. hope they do that. You see it for a brief second when he's trying to save Professor X. He takes care of those goons like nothing. And then you're just like, oh shit. Okay, now he's going to fight Gene and do nothing after that. It's really funny because there's one one scene in dark phoenix where cyclops like banks his laser off of something which is yeah. something you see in the comics all the time like he's oh, a yeah. cool shark with those with those uh laser eyes you imagine that moment right now uh falcon is flying in the sky and scott summit he's using his shield so summers can like ping off of it sure <laughs> you, you can yeah. see that kind of shit Right. Well, and uh, Cyclops just got promoted to like an Omega level mutant in the comics. We've never got to see a full like Cyclops. Maybe yeah, we will. It, would, it will. It will be interesting given where the comics have gone now to see, you know, what some of these characters will possibly look like when we do get to see them again in the theaters. Yeah. 
Right. Um, one last thing I want to talk about, though, is Halle Berry's accent just disappearing. No, I'm kidding. Halle Berry's, <laughs> uh, look, she's a very attractive lady. She's a terrible storm. Really? Okay, I uh, want your opinion on that. There's rumors uh, with her. She's got her gray hair back. There's rumors she's in Doctor Strange. <laughs> she's a terrible storm. She's got literally no accent whatsoever. Um, she was given some of the worst lines in the first X-Men movie. Yeah. Um, there, there is a regalness to Storm. Like it's over accentuated in the old animated series, but there is a an authority to Storm, a a cool factor to Storm, a danger to Storm that Halle Berry has none of. And she was a badass in Last Stand, though. I just yeah, watched she had some cool she moments. None of it. <laughs> I, sorry. I thought she had a few moments, uh, but it sucks that we won't get to see a. Black Panther and Storm coming together in the Marvel Universe with the passing of Chadwick Boseman. Well, yeah, at least with Chadwick Boseman, but it could still happen down the line. Who knows? Yeah, I just want Storm Queen of Wakanda. <laughs> like a lot of things when it comes to the the Marvel movies, like this is all new territory. Building mm-hmm. a movie, you know, building a story over 10 years of movies, uh, you know, having to, I mean, we've recast Batmans and Spider-Man so many times, but you yeah. know, this is... <laughs> This is kind of a first where it's a necessity because <laughs> the actor that did it is no longer available. Yeah. Last thing I want to talk about this movie too, uh, other favorite scene was at Bobby's house. Yeah. Uh, I love the whole thing. Can you just stop being a mutant? Oh, yeah. try? I no, love that whole thing. It's, inter- it's interesting because when that happened, um, it's funny because once again, you're telling us what you were nine years old when that movie came out. Yeah. Uh, I was well into my 20s at that point. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, um, <laughs> But even then, like, it's a really on the nose metaphor for gay people, which uh, a lot of uh, queer and transgender people uh, flock to X-Men comics because not only is it a metaphor for the civil rights movement, or at least was a civil rights movement metaphor in the 60s, 70s and 80s, but it's definitely become a a metaphor for any type of oppressed minority of people. Mm -hmm. And, And that's a, you know, it's... When when people want to complain in the comics, obviously the big thing a couple of years ago was Iceman came out as as queer, and there were a bunch of people that were like, "This is this is stupid" because it was never in the comics. And if you actually look and go back, it's literally there since the '60s. <laughs> yeah, there's so much subtext from the '60s through the '70s through the '80s and '90s of like, yeah, something's something's not quite all there with bobby but we can't really say it because it's just not socially acceptable yet yeah and that's why i think this is why this was the perfect sequel to the first x-men movie yeah um because it it hammered the tones it amped up the action just enough and then that cliff ending thing with gene dying and the phoenix sure. all that cool stuff it was really well done um so that's all i have to say on it if you guys ready to move on sure yep okay cool uh so chuck what's your number seven my number seven is the first Deadpool movie. <gasps> okay, challenge. that's interesting. Challenge, 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 challenge. Okay. <laughs> well, you are ch- out of line here. <laughs> <laughs> I hold you in content. Okay. Yeah. So, Unbelievable. Okay. <laughs> so my number seven. Okay, Brian, you go first, actually. Uh, my number seven is Deadpool 2. <laughs> actually, that's my number seven, too, as well. It's Deadpool 2 fascinating deadpool 2 is my second best x-men what is going on here (laughs) this is where it's fun okay let's talk about it then unless oh do we want to wait for chuck do we want to save since he's got like the bigger case on my challenge so let's talk about it now okay sure okay so chuck why is it your number two while me and ron have it at seven deadpool 2 hits i will say this and this is my argument for why deadpool is my seventh is that Deadpool is not a goddamn X-Men movie. <laughs> Deadpool is an X-Force character, which is a part of X-Men lore. Sure, whatever. Dude's not even a fucking mutant. <laughs> um, but Deadpool 2 gets so much right when it comes to X-Men movies. Like, even though the X-Force thing is a gag, the fact that it has... it, The people <laughs> making the Deadpool movies are such huge X-Men fans. Like, I just realized that I was kicking myself over this, that the kid in Deadpool 2, Russell, yeah. um, who, who wants to be called Firefist, 
<laughs> is literally a character from New Mutants. Yeah. <laughs> and X Factor. And I didn't catch that the first time I watched it, that that's just Rusty Collins, who was called Fire Fist in X Factor, in the original X Factor comics. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's a great, that's a cool deep cut. Uh, I think they got Domino right. They got Cable right. Like, I fucking, I fucking love Deadpool too. And I'm not a Deadpool fan. I'm pissed that we got two seconds of Shatterstar with Lewis Tan and we didn't get more because Shatterstar oh, yeah. and Longshot are some of my favorite like out there X-Men. <laughs> who's the fucking uh, who's the guy that uh, who did he play? He was in um, the Stephen King it movies. Oh, um, shit. Hang on. Give me a second. I'll look that up. Yeah, um, I'm looking it up right now. Oh, it's annoying me. It, I have it pulled up. I can't see his name though right now. It's right on the tip of my tongue. But like he plays a really deep cut. Oh, uh, Bill Skarsgård. Yeah, Bill, Bill Skarsgård. You get Brad Pitt as the Vanisher for two seconds. How cool Wait, is that? Skarsgård was in there when? As a zeitgeist. Zeitgeist, the guy that vomits Throws acid. Up. Oh, that was Bill Skarsgård? Yeah. Oh, holy shit. <laughs> Brianna Hildebrand is Megasonic Teenage Warhead is a delight. Uh, amazing, like, yes. That's the, that's the thing about hey, the Deadpool movies is that <laughs> as... As much as people are there for Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool, like it's fine with me, but it's all the characters surrounding Deadpool that make me actually love this. Movie. Well, uh, Chuck, to break it down, wrestling—he's what Hulk Hogan was in the '80s. He drew you in, but the mid card made you enjoy <laughs> the whole show. Right, and that's the thing is that I love like he's not drawing me in. I'm I'm there because Colossus is great because <laughs> yeah. because the movie ends with like a a fucking accurate looking juggernaut. <laughs> CGI just fuck juggernaut. Right, it's that awesome. Fucks. <laughs> oh god, that that when he gets when he breaks free and everyone's reaction. <laughs> It just it rips Deadpool in half. It's just some yeah. of the greatest shit ever. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. I just, I guess maybe in seven, I put it this, reason I put it so kind of like in mid-tier for me, I guess, yes, nostalgia plays in it for me. Granted, also, like Chuck said, he's not an X-Men character, but this Colossus is awesome. Yeah. The ending sequence I thought was really well done too. Um the story still, though, is Vanessa and him at the end of the day. So that's why I'm so curious of what they're going to do in the third one. Like, I hope he never talks about, like, of course, Vanessa may be hinted at, but I hope right. she's not in the movie anymore. No, it needs like, to be an X-Force movie. Now. Yeah, it has to be a full-out X-Force movie. Not even X-Force. I kind of want him just to be like, what the hell is going on? Like, it'd be, I want him to be so aware that he was bought by Fox and now is in Marvel shit. Uh, yeah, he's going to make some Doctor Strange references like, oh, apparently I was snapped into a different fucking universe here. And like, and like but anytime, <laughs> uh, well, they're going to do rated R, but I hope the thing is whenever he shows up, if he does show up in like, you know, some kind of crossover movie with like She-Hulk or something, if he does swear, it's either beeped out or it's always just some kind of kid swearing <laughs> version, like Biatch. It'd be hilarious. Oh, I if forgot just, to... Forgot to mention that Terry Crews also part of X Force in this movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. How good is that? <laughs> Damn. Um, but what about too though? Cable. Uh, I, I admit I wanted Dolph Lundgren just because aesthetically it would have been hilarious. But uh, Josh Brolin being Thanos, and then I thought he killed it as Cable. I don't know who yeah, well, Cable really is. He but... even calls him Thanos in it, which is you know <laughs> a lot of fun too. Yeah, no, bring me more Josh Brolin Cable. I I love it. Yeah. Yeah, they even did it like his backstory too, so you kind of fell for him too. I thought that was really well done as well, of like his explaining his motivation. Because yeah. who is he, the son of Scott, uh, Scott and Gene? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, oh, Scott he's got and some Madeline issues. Prior. Oh God, he's got cuckolding and mom's a psychopath issues. That poor kid <laughs> explains a lot now. <laughs> so why is this movie ranked so low for you guys? I just. It's just not as good as the first one. And yeah, I, I was, I felt the same wow. way. <laughs> and it's not even, it's not because there's, I love the cameos. I love the comedy. Um, the love story still being there and him trying to find redemption, proving that he could, he is, you know, finding redemption. I thought that was good too with uh, the kid. But the first one I just thought was such a better, like just fun story and all that stuff. It's just hard doing sequels to comedies. Yeah. And this being a superhero and a comedy too, it was just like, how do you up it? Um, I, I don't know. I just, I haven't gone back to it as much as the first one, but I also have the first one spoiler at number five. So I hard disagree. I love this movie so much more than the first one. 
Wow. Okay. Yeah. The, the, to, like the leg scene though, when he's like walking with the baby oh, legs, <laughs> like it makes me cry of laughter every time I see it. <laughs> Just the jokes between TJ Miller and uh, Domino, like going back yeah. and forth there. I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. Okay. <laughs> and I will say Zazie beats too. We talked about Domino. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, Oh, yeah. When I was doing editing um, back at the radio, I had a Deadpool adult comic. That's what I call it. It's an adult coloring book, okay? It helps me focus when I would do <laughs> editing, though. I would always draw it like Zazie Beat's character from the comic. Like, I'd make sure, like, when I did Shady, I'm like, because she kills it. Like, just her confidence of knowing, like, her luck's going to kick in is awesome. She nails it with the smirk. Yeah, it's- Luck isn't a superpower. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. I will oh. include long shot in the next one, so you just got to deal with okay. Domino and long shot. Yeah, I hope so. That's that's why I was so pissed that we got two seconds of Shattered Star and then he like right. that he just dies because <laughs> Lewis Tan <laughs> looks so good as uh, Shattered Star. You know what? <laughs> I'm gonna do this real quick before we move on. Chuck, you've convinced me. I'm gonna move X2 down. Yeah, I think I think I, I, I think you convinced me. This is my third favorite. To, yeah, my movie now. I think I, I'll, I won't give it two, but I'll move it to three. <laughs> you convinced me. Yeah. Like as we've talked about it, and we didn't even talk about the best thing. Prepare uh, new mutants a lot more than you already do. Okay. Well, what about uh, who was the normal guy? Real quick again, Pete. Peter. Yeah. Yeah, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great. Thing. I'll tell you one thing. This cable hasn't killed as many people as melanoma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> shit okay oh my god (laughs) handing classic deadpool style i'm gonna interrupt this episode and tell you that this is gonna be a two-parter so in the first one we covered our ranking 13 through 7 and in the next episode we'll be covering 6 through our number one so stay tuned